Welcome back to the question and answer session for Captain's Table. If you missed the first part, come join uh, Cruncy and Nick. We talked about the ways you can play Star Citizen that CIG never intended. <laughs> um, and the, the ways you can play the game without, you know, playing the the, the missions and all those other things, the, 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 the vast wealth of other things and opportunities you can play in. Uh, it, it'll be right there if you're watching on YouTube, right above Nick's head, you'll see the link. Uh, click that, go watch that first and come back here. If you're watching this live, you can always catch the VOD after the fact, or if you're listening to some podcasts, just the previous episode. Anywho, let's get started. Um, I've the chat has been asking questions uh, for the the uh, the cast. Some of these will be questions for the cast, some of them will be individual. So let's get started. Uh, the first question is from Anno, who asks, "What was the last fun thing you did in Star Citizen that was?" the fun intended by the developers. Francie? Uh I am often easily satisfied. So like whenever the most recent time I did mining. Okay. Like, so mining. Yeah. I, I find that a lot of fun. So Nick? <laughs> Nick? Uh, I would say the most recent time I had a lot of fun with the community all surrounding around the one thing the game developers wanted us to do was the last time Jumptown was out. And <laughs> like, it's just, I, I would go there just with a sniper rifle with the Arctic like camo and just snipe people from there. I wouldn't even be going to, um, going there just to even like get loot or anything. I just wanted to shoot people and I had a few people come and join me and I even had ships come looking for me because I knew for one ships check around rocks. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I knew I'm like, well, I can't be near a rock. They're going to look there. So I got the Arctic white camo on, laid flat on the snow with it, got the got a sniper rifle and just started sniping people and ships would go flying around, looking around the rocks because he's got to be in cover, right? Not yeah, camouflaged. Yeah. And uh, it was it, like, that was a little, so much fun that like, they were like flying over me, looking over me. I was like tensed up. People, my other org mates were like also doing the same thing. And then people would just... Oh, it was that was the fun that CIG intended, and that in Jump Town was the last time I've definitely had an insane amount of fun. Yeah, I get it. Um, I would say the I've been doing my zero to hero runs, so it's where I take an account that has nothing but like a starter ship and just play the game like it was intended. And uh, I recently unlocked the uh, delivery missions, which are like 45,000 UEC delivery missions where you have to like walk through bunkers butthole clenched like just puckered <laughs> with with that because you walk through i figured out that the enemy spawn waves are, are random but they're also connected to when you pick up the right box so when you find the box you're supposed to, one of the boxes you're supposed to pick up once you've picked it up it'll trigger a, a an event so that the enemy you know um the, the pirates, the, the, the nine tails will show up and start attacking mm -hmm. the, the bunkers. So you, I, you know that you're picking up boxes if it's the right box. Cause so they're not all labeled. You have to go find out which one is itch. You're like, you, you know that at the second you pick up a box, if you're in the wrong position, you could just literally pick up the box and the door behind you could open and you just get shot. <laughs> so it's, it's been one of those, those weird things. You just like walk around with a, with a, with a, uh, tractor beam just going check 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 oh that's the one pull out my gun where are you coming from i gotta find you now 
and then trying to like desperately like pick them up and like throw like yeet them across the uh, like if they're upstairs, yeet them downstairs towards the entrance, and then run through them the the, the the gunfire trying to pick up your boxes and put them away. It's it's fun. It's 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 never the same experience uh, every uh, you know every time. Uh, mm. It kept kept me on my feet, and it's 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 been a fun experience to do that. Um, Especially if, like, once you've cleared out everything and you say, like, like I've been doing it around Hurston. So it's like a Hurston security guard's there. And it's like, oh, hey, that's the nice armor. I'm going to take you with me now. <laughs> like, <laughs> just picking you're up, coming with me You're now. coming with me. I'm taking your, your, your armor and I'm going to wear it. Uh, so that's been fun. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Case Cape, who asks, will fleet battles be possible, do you guys think? Big org v org battles. Um, that would add a lot of fun factor. Uh, I, I see I, I see it like guild versus guild and the older traditional MMO, but with Star Citizen has to offer, maybe it's too early to tell. Uh, Nick, since you I know you're in part of the the kind of mill sims, do you think we'll be seeing big uh, org v orgs fleet battles? Uh, yeah, that's that's a, a massive thing that's going to be eventually happening, especially with um, once the interior ship calling comes in and also server meshing and all that, and we can get the um, performance of the servers up uh a single like javelin will be very performant even if it has all the players on it because all those players will be net called and bind calling so you'll see the turret shooting but that'll just be like the animation on your end of the turret shooting hopefully technically Mm -hmm. and so you should just see the one javelin there shooting and the separate turret shooting at where they need to be and not be seeing the 80 plus people on that ship you, it, it's not necessary. So hopefully, when the uh, entire like interior calling and network bind calling when tied in with server meshing, I think we can see large scale uh, fleet battles. And I just the question is how big will the limit be? We don't know that yet, and there's a lot of things that can prevent it from reaching the scale we want to see. But I think it will reach a scale of at least of I am in a fleet battle. And I think it, we will like reach battle. that point. You think it'll, like, and it'll, it'll it, feel like a fleet rather than just being like small and, ships. And already like you a 25 versus 25 fleet battle right now feels very intense when you have, you know, five, like a squadron of uh, fighters with... Um, like hammerheads and a base of operations, like as a Carrick, and you actually have you do it the Milsim way of actually you respawn there, you reorg- regroup, and you re- or- re- redeploy with a, uh, a little fighter ship. And it's intense when you're actually having to do these kind of org v org events in that sort of way where you're not just respawning and go- running back, respawning, running back, when you're actually kind of doing it in a structured way. Um, where you guys are redeploying as a squad. You're mm-hmm. waiting for your squad, and if your deploy ship gets exploded, their entire squad's wiped out again. So your pilots need to be on point, and the drop pilot needs to be on point, and the LZ needs to be clear, and you need to clear that LZ when you land like immediately and make sure that it's actually safe to proceed <laughs> with the mission. And once you get into a massive... Just 25 people versus 25 people in that kind of scenario, when you have a set amount of number of people in the sky, ground, and, you know, being support in the air, it's 
even 25 versus 25, it feels really engaging. I, I've done that in the past when Star Citizen was much worse in terms of performance. And mm. I remember I still have a moment where we were doing like a fleet battle where like there was like 17, 18 of us going down in fighters towards a base that someone was holding. And there was they were coming up with like 17, 20 fighters. And it was just this this mob of fighters coming towards each other. And when they hit it, it was just laser fire everywhere. People breaking and flying. It was, it was, it was Star Wars. It looked like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It was, it was that kind of crazy pell-mell. It feels ridiculous. I've, I've been on drop ships in, in, in ops where like you're getting chased by fighters and you're, you're like sitting there waiting to get to, for the ramp to drop so you can get out. And it's, it's like, space d-day you know where you see explosions around you you're running around you're trying not to get sniped by the people who are in space around you or in in, in the hills so you know i've I've also had it where like i was i was in the back of an ursa redeploy out from the back of it and immediately i'm the first one off i'm i get in a position and boom it explodes and everyone else is dead except for like three other people and we're like what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> uh, uh, Kronzi, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see large fleet battles in the game? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, we kind of already do. So the given it is PvE, but mm. Xenothreat and Ninetales are large-scale fleet battles. They're extremely primitive, but they're there. Mm. Um, so you can already get a taste of what it likely will be like. In terms of yeah, PvP fleet v fleet, I think it's not a question of whether like the tech can handle it or anything like that. I think it's going to be more a question of why will you want to do the fleet battles? Are we mm-hmm. going to have territory that we're going to be fighting over? Are you going to have trades, uh, resources that you're going to be fighting over? I'm sure you will, but it, it, it sort of depends on when we see those actually come into the game and whether it is worth bringing a capital ship to defend some territory, you know? So, um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. I think the question isn't if it's when and, and like, what's the limit I think for, for fleet battles. Mm. The question is, is not, will we see it is more, uh, how big will the battles be? Um, I think some people have a, an idea that's far too, far too large. Like the concept that it's, it's like, Oh yeah, it's going to be millions of people fighting each other. It's like, nah, it's probably not, but you probably also wouldn't have millions of people fighting for a reason there is going to be has to be a reason why these battles are going on and i I, yeah resources or territory or uh, strategic control of some place like you know a a base that's built right next to on a planet right next to a jump point that has good resources like fuel or something like that that you want to take because it's a good staging point for your own forces that that that's that's the key mostly is how cig will give us the tools to craft those situations so that they just happen naturally rather than just forced. But all right, <laughs> this is an interesting question. Sand Groper asks, what star citizenship is your emotional support ship and why? Francie. Uh The mole is the mole is everything to me. It is the perfect ship. And if I'm ever feeling sad, yeah, it's the perfect, perfect ship to get into. And uh, if you have any other ships that you think is your emotional support ship, you're wrong. Come on. <laughs> it's the mole. Nick, what's your emotional support ship and why? Uh, my emotional support ship would definitely have to be the 400i. Mm. Because when I'm having a bad day, I can just go in, sit in my own private residence, and wipe my tears with money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Love it. Uh, I was going to make a similar joke. I was going to say the, the cut was black because because whenever I'm feeling bad, I can get into it and then I can go ruin somebody else's day with it. So I'll feel better because their, their day is worse. Um, all right. Next question is from Del uh, Ener, who asks, CIG seems to be implying that they are adding docking to the August Dunlow spaceport at Orison. Thoughts on the implica- implications of possible capital ship docking in Atmo? Does it make sense for capitals to dock at Orison? It's a good question. It was a, uh, it's a discussion that we were having in our uh, my Discord at one point. Uh, I'll start by just saying I agree with what Tree was talking about on our Discord, which is there are certain sizes which don't make a lot of sense, like javelins. But Nidris, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> you know, um, I think it's 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 there because. In lore, the concept of why Orison was purchased by Crusader has to do with the fact that they could access supplies easier and build uh, build ships that would normally be required to be built in zero G, um, but not without having to require like pressure suits and oxygen, all of the resources to do that. So the idea of August Dunlow having a docking port makes sense for just just being able to support whole seas and larger ships as well. So. Um, and yeah, yes, Cupan, Orison was originally made, was usually used by the Navy sh- uh, shipyards to make capitals, but um, it doesn't necessarily ma- ma- make sense for it to host capitals. There's a difference between building a javelin in in a, in a you know upper atmosphere and making sure that javelin only stay, can fly in and out of that upper atmosphere. So. But it's also worth noting the uh, docking collars aren't just for capitals. Right now, yeah. it's pretty much just for capitals in the hammerhead, but um, the whole sea. Like, mm-hmm. like they they need a lot of cargo down there to create those ships. We need it. Like, it makes sense to have a docking collar so hull seas can offload their cargo down there, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I um, think also, I think also the buoyancy effect though with um, with Crusader specifically is makes it so that ships are very easy floatable in lore, and they are working on buoyancy tech. So there might be just like the way the physics engine handles certain ships certain large ships inside that atmosphere that can make it so that they can or can't uh, be in that. But it's going to be very dynamic in that way once that buoyancy techs in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's it's obviously they're trying to make Orson feel different as well. It's also a, a matter of like lore to make it feel like obviously it's a station just with atmosphere around it rather than being a, a typical landing zone. So... Uh, all right. Next question comes from Gin and Tonic, who asks: Everyone agrees that the Expanse is a stupid name. Can you think of a better alternate choice than process uh, th- than processor? Um, we'd, then we'd have the prospector and the processor. Uh, kiln, the the misc kiln. You know, the uh, I would say Crucible, but I think the Crucible already exists, doesn't the Anvil? Yeah, Crucible's yeah. already uh, an Anvil ship. It's a uh, the repair ship. Uh, a foundry? I mean, most most ships in Star Citizen have dumb names anyway. Yeah. Like, it honestly doesn't bother me that much. Uh, one of my favorites is Liberator. Why do we have the Liberator and then the, um, then, and then the Valkyrie Liberator? So you can have your liberator on your liberator while you liberate the liberation. Yeah. <laughs> liberate another liberator from a liberator. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where's our liberators pirate like organization so we can liberate them? <laughs> uh 
I mean, yeah, and 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 dumb names are a staple of Star Citizen. I'd like to point out that the last ship that was released was was a hover quad, and it was called the Hover Quad. <laughs> it's its name. It's just the Hover Quad. Yeah, that that was that was extremely late. The Hover Quad <laughs> naming is just no. Come on, yeah. like the, the have a simple brainstorm. Yeah. A single brainstorm session could have had a better name than a Hover Quad. That's just lazy writing. Yeah. <laughs> to quote Deadpool, not that I actually think it's lazy writing. Uh, all right. Next question is from Sandy Claus, who asks, is refueling different in atmosphere? I, have either of you tried refueling in atmosphere? Yeah, you can't do it. You can't? No, it turns off your engines when you um, dock to oh. the, to the ref- refueler. So you just fall. There you go. So you can't do it. That's, so yes, the answer is yes, it is different in atmosphere. You can't do it. <laughs> Um, all right. Next question comes from Sandy Claus who asks, is the meta of clusters always going to be, uh, Quantanium on Lyria still in 317? Um, so sort of, um, with what limited testing, uh, a bunch of us miners have done. Um, but it's much harder to identify clusters now because like I said, you've got to get way closer to them to even figure out that they're clusters in the first place. Um, so, we, uh, it's it's very early days. It's a massive change to mining that's happened, so got to wait a bit to figure out uh, if everything's still good. Okay, I don't know anything about mining, so I'll take your word for it, Grunsy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't do mining either, so I have no no knowledge of any of the changes. This is another another Grunsy uh, question then, because it's uh, Miles Basement asks: Have you experienced asteroid mining to be nerfed a bit in regards to the mineable stuff versus inerts? Uh, no, asteroid mining appears to be exactly the same uh, as it was uh, three sixteen, except for, like I said, the the scanning changes. Scanning. Yeah, because okay. I will mention on uh, there was kind of a buff to uh, like even even with all the scanning nerfs and whatnot, there was kind of a buff to moon mining, which uh, it does seem like there are much uh, many more rocks in general, like just more spawns of rocks. Uh, all right. The next question comes from Del Ener, who asks, what are your predictions on the next item services that will be run by Quantum in the future patches this year? Uh, I'll start by just saying, I think all of the um, the current uh, uh, commodities will be run by Quantum. Um, mm. Though, I think the next, the next major patch is probably going to be refined materials. Because they've talked about in the past how they wanted to have refined materials be controlled by quantum which would make sense you know so that it's effectively the next quantum change would be miners so they'd add in miners you know npc miners who would then be delivering um their their loads to refineries then change the value the value of the various goods and services uh various mining mining materials because it's also the the most furthest along uh gameplay loop so adding quanta to the mm. most the most refined gameplay loop would probably make sense that that also makes a lot more sense and a lot more controlled step than just making it to every single commodity that could be traded immediately. Because yeah. <laughs> that's just like a whole cluster of rooms. You, they might be brave enough to pull it off. I mean, with Tony Z behind the wheel of that, you don't know where. <laughs> like, that's a crazy <laughs> road to be behind. So, <laughs> um, I, I, who knows? But I think it would be a good step to at least get refinery, um, the, the refinery economy. Uh, 
locked down after this just to because it's a game loop that both needs it but also isn't as complex and easy way to find but is also a good step toward the next step which would be all the commodities between all trading posts it also makes Mm -hmm. sense to wait until like the the cargo refactor until you start doing the 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 quantities of uh of those sort of commodities Mm -hmm. um yeah what do you think additionally with good Uh, yeah like yeah 100 percent, exactly the same so um i'm I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the place where it's most likely to be. It's, it's the, um, the, it's most, it, it most, would also make like the entire binding process also, um, sort dynamic. of already. Yeah, exactly. Um, cause it also means like well, right now refineries are themselves, a lot of people might not know refineries themselves are dynamic. It's just that, um, it's so over the top already that it's becomes static. So you might not know, uh, once um, there's more and more people using a certain refinery, the costs and time of that refinery go up, but there is a maximum point, And I'm fairly sure every single refinery in Celsius and right now has reached that point or does within like a couple of hours when servers reset. Um, but having that in addition to, you know, once I've actually refined, I've got Quanta, gives you a couple of things to think about during the gameplay loop. So, yeah. Um, I, I just it's just the next, it's the most logical next step because it would it'll make effectively once that's implemented it'll make it so that there's not just the one meta it's not the do quantanium here to get this material and go it'll now depend on what is available in the marketplace but I think that really needs if they're going to do that they really need some sort of market tracker so we know that that's changing because otherwise people yeah. will just guess at what they should be mining. So. Just just a simple like drop down menus of what they have now. Oh, select your system, select your planet, select your landing zone. Here are mm. the uh, prices, prices of what they're selling and what they're buying, and the, have your destination here on the other one, and pick whichever destination you want and compare the two. Like just a simple comparison to between two outposts and their prices is mm. something I think that's all we need. They might go a lot more in depth than that. I feel especially twenty Z. I think we're going to be looking at an entire stock stock market spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> when we get something like that in game, but yeah. uh, we just need a simple one. We don't need something too complex, unless mm. they. But an option to have both would also wouldn't be bad either. Mm-hmm. All right. The next question comes from uh, Goki, who asks: Outside of your own community communities, what are your favorite Star Citizen communities, and what do they bring to the table? I'll start by saying I love the um, the Zark uh, Media, Zark Media guys. I said talking mm. about last time, but. The fact that they do like in in game in fiction news channel that talks about the events in game as if they were you know news and then d- does it as full full in game with 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 you know uh, FOIP capture and uh, uh, you know commentary and everything and they they do sometimes weekly updates it's just it's fantastic I love it so Crossy. Uh, I'd say a lot of the uh, PvP community that I, I see on Twitch, like all the time. Um, I, I I don't enjoy doing a lot of PvP myself because I'm too bad at it, and I'm too stubborn to learn. Um, but I do enjoy watching people who are who are good at PvP, and and uh, as long as they're doing it without griefing. But most of them aren't doing it with griefing. <laughs> um, uh- I'll make a yeah. cop out and say the pirate community too. People like like yeah. Cutlet when he was still before before the war was happening, and uh, 
um, and other, and other folks like that are just fan. Like they are so talented at what they do. It's insane mm. what they're able to do with this game, how they break the game to make it for work for them and what they can yeah. do. Like just the, the sheer skill of the shock and awe that these pirates can, can do in terms of like not killing people, but still being able to take their stuff is amazing. Nick. Yeah, it's super cool. Oh, what was the question again? Your favorite community outside of your own in Star Citizen? Outside of my own community? Uh, the entire Twitch community on Star Citizen. It's a pretty large community, but like, there's so many... I think every single Twitch streamer and every single community has something a little bit different to offer, but like all together as a whole, it's just so wholesome here on Twitch with all the Star Citizen creators and content creators, and it's like it's probably the best community I think any content creator or a star citizen person could be a part of. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, we are a very weird Twitch community because it's, we're a community where people feel comfortable hanging out with larger streamers and smaller streamers all the time. Like you'll see people who are hanging out in streamers that have like two people. And one of those is just someone like, like Captain Burks, you know, or, you know, Cronsy. And, and it's just because we have friends who play with us when we're streaming or like we see them and they're streaming. And, and so we'll just hang out and listen to them while everything's going on. And, and the, there's a lot of cross chatter. And if you're willing to, um, to reach out to anybody in the Star Citizen community, there's very few people who will say no. Uh, especially a lot of us are, if you're like, Hey, can I stream with you? It's like another person, more, more people to interact with. I can talk to someone <laughs> while I'm dealing with all these issues and bugs and we can both experience it at the same time and both like go off of each other. Yes. I, and also what we just talked about last episode, nice little tie in there where, where you can, you know, finding other people to hang out and do stuff with is fun, you know? So, um, uh, let's, let's move on to the next question. Uh, Dakota Vosselman, Dakota Vosselman asks, do you think Loreville Skyline rework will even increase its dystopian out of touch feel that the Hurston family has? I hope, I mm. hope, I hope, I hope what they do is just, just take a look. They just obsess over the intro shots of Blade Runner and just try to recreate that. All right. That's, that's my hope. And, uh, if, if I look, take one look at, at, at Loreville and go, this place looks horrible. Then I think they'll have succeeded. <laughs> this, yeah, this I think. Yeah. I think Maria Purifat has done a lot to sort of increase the world building and the and the feel of the of the city. So I would only assume that yeah, the the re landscaping will uh, be following a similar primer. Yeah, Maria Lore of Heart seems just like larger than every other place in in Loreville outside of the business district, and it's just like it just makes the rest of the city feel cramped and mm-hmm. like disgusted and discarded compared to once you're actually in the family's like ring and everything and mm-hmm. up in the upper echelon of Lorville, you're treated like royalty. And it's just like, you have all this space now and are comfortable. It's, it's, I just, and I hope we see those kind of tie-ins when they expand it out to be like, this is definitely the rich people area. And this is definitely the poor people area. You don't mm. want to go there, but, but you have to. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. The next question comes from uh, Sandy Claus, who asks, are refined material prices dynamic and fluctuate yet? No, not yet. Um, the only things that are dynamic are 
repair, uh, quantum fuel, hydrogen fuel. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Those are the only three, three things are dynamic. And the way you can tell is if you have a Starfarer park next to a station, and then you look at the auto pricing for pricing for fuel, and you'll see it jump. If you just click the auto price on it, it'll, it'll just jump in prices, and that'll tell you that there's quanta that are using the fuel. And as the more the quanta uses it, the, the higher the fuel price can go, the less it'll go down. So you'll see you'll see the fluctuations there, and I think it's probably overtuned for three seventeen's PTU. It's probably jacked up just so they can see it react much faster. So it'll probably tone down a little bit uh, for the actual release. But uh, all right, Ionic Gecko asks, "What do you see as the biggest mechanics that are yet to come, which change how players will interact with the Star Citizen verse?" Kronzi, your thoughts on this? So salvage is obviously the biggest, like just straight up. Here's a mechanic that's um, coming out soon. That's going to, yeah, it's going to alter stuff a lot. But I think probably the the one that's going to be the most important, if you call it a mechanic, is um, the proper dynamic mission system. Um, we've gotten a bit of a taste of it, but uh, nothing that like re- would re- resembles what they're expecting. Um, I believe we're getting a little bit of the pyro. So uh, yeah, like that's you directly interacting with the verse and it's going to be a huge part. So yeah, especially since it's also repair, right? Salvage is, mm. is, is also the repair. So that's something. So yeah. Yeah. Whole trip in repair. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Nick, what do you think? What do you think is the biggest change of how players will interact with the verse? I, I definitely feel like the one thing that's going to change how we interact entirely with everything is going to be the cargo refactor. That's going to have tie in with a dynamic mission system for cargo missions. That's going to tie in with piracy and PVP. That's going to tie in with just like doing missions and like looting and stuff. It's going to tie into everything and it's going to be, have this massive cascading effect on everyone's gameplay, no matter what you're doing in the verse. And that's something that I feel like we, we don't even know how extensive it's going to be on how it's going to, all the gameplay we talked about in the podcast just before the Q and a session is it'll change and affect all of those. The, the mill sim stuff, the role play stuff, it's going to affect and change everything. And I think that's going to be the one change that's going to have a really large effect once it's implemented. Lots of ripple effects. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with my guns, my tried and true guns, reputation, like reputation and it's full form will completely change how you play the game because it'll make all of your actions have consequences, good and bad. So depending on who you interact with and how you interact with them will determine who you, where you are welcome and where you're not welcome in the verse and who will be attacking you and who won't be helping you. Uh, and I think they're going to start off pretty simple with just like good guys and bad guys reputations, but eventually they're going to, you know, it's important to remember that, for instance, Bering and um, uh Klaus and Werner are competitors with one another. So if you're working with one company, the other company may not like you uh, and may may not give you as good of reputation. Or be able to do some, uh, you know, working for two separate companies that are shipping companies, say you're, you're, you're transporting stuff, working for this company that is, uh, uh, that's shipping goods, say uh, Kovalex will make you, the, the other shipping companies may not want to work with you as much because you're, you're helping their competitor. So those sorts of things will have a lot of def- effect on what you can do in the game and where you where you can go in the game. And I don't think people have really encapsulated that. And, and at the beginning of that this year is 
uh, going to happen between now and the end of the year with the, the, mm. the, the goal being eventually like you're, you have a high enough reputation with um, the nine tails. The nine tails may show up and just not attack you, you know, <laughs> just scoop on and just, just hail you and be like, Oh, Hey, what's up, buddy? Sorry. Keep going. You know, we're sorry to pull you out of quantum. Just keep going. But the- we've also mentioned it a couple of times, right? Like they've talked about how um, one of the ways that in, like reputation will be interacted is just how you present yourself to those mission givers. So if you come down to Constantine Hurst and, and you're wearing like the dirtiest, uh, the, the dirtiest clothes imaginable, it's just going to wave you out of his office, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and if you're walking in full tack gear in, in like uh, to like Clem, he might be like, are you a cop? <laughs> what? Are you, what? What are you, you know? So that that's be you know interesting too. A reason to not have to wear your spacesuit everywhere. You may have to dress up or or change clothing. So, all right. Next question comes from Outlaw Knight Zero, who asks: As group slash org play seems to be the direction the game is going, any tips for shy uh, introverted uh, players? Solo activities are um, solo activities and finding places in an org. Uh, I will say that there is lots of orgs out there which are big and it's easy to find an org that's big where you can slot yourself into and just kind of melt into the background if you wanted to. Um, And there are also plenty of orgs that are looking for people who are just like to do one thing. So like if you, if you just want to run cargo on your own, you don't want to do anything else. There's plenty of orgs who are like, Hey, we'll just pay you to run cargo for us. And so you can still work with people and still do the, the things that need to be done and get the protection you need, but do the thing you like to do. If you just want to be a miner and you just want to mine, joining a mining organization that just needs miners, boom, you get your prospect, you're out there. And then if you need, you'll just walk out with the other people and, you know, do the things you need to do. Um, so what I suggest doing is is just, just going through Spectrum, looking at the different org or the, like lists and, you know, just when you apply for any of those things, just be like, Hey, I'm kind of a solo player. I want to do more stuff, but can I, you know, be honest with those people? And you'll probably find some people who'll be interested in hanging out with you. Also, a lot of the big orgs um, are on YouTube and they usually generate the, their own like YouTube content. So mm-hmm. that to promote for uh, recruitment. And those are another good way to um, see what the org is about and what they want to do and what their org wants to achieve. And that's pretty, pretty awesome that, some some do that so uh, there's a lot of resources out there to find and search for the org that you want and to get a taste of what each org does individually crunchy yeah plenty of opportunities to join these larger communities but with minimal interaction Um, an example in the racing community is we have time trials you can just do time trials and then you're still participating in in this like large uh, group activity but you don't have to talk to anyone so it's uh yeah yeah um you'll be, you'll be surprised how many people sometimes a, a group just needs somebody who can carry something from point a to point b or just drop somebody off you know so um or just, just guard that door we just need yeah. to guard that door just chill out <laughs> hang out t- speak and t- talk talk all the shit you want just guard that door That's- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Midnight Black SC asks, has Star Citizen ever talked about the possibility of having refineries at our player-owned bases? If not, do you think that might be on the table? I can almost guarantee you they'll have some sort of refinery options for, for outposts. Well, uh, 100%. I think yeah. any any job that you can do in a ship or at a station, 
you're going to be able to do on your own land once you get a pioneer to build it for you. It's just a matter of if and when. That's all it is. And how. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, there are technically uh, refinery, like, homesteads and stuff in the game right now. We just don't have access to them. All we can do is buy from them, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Any sort of anything that uh, a outpost does right now, expect us to get the ability to do the same. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Steve B. Dancer, who asks, how do each of you feel about the subscriber items able to be found in game? Uh, I am nonplussed. I don't care. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Get that swag. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> if, if, if people are mad about that, they should be mad about people being able to buy ships in game, right? Like yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It, it's a non-issue at all. Like, I, I don't think anyone should be upset that, like, oh, the subscriber armor's in it. Just, like, cool. So people can get cool-looking stuff that I already have. Great. Let's mm. all look good. And and to be honest, as somebody who's been a subscriber for a very long time, I, I don't care <laughs> about the subscriber mm. gear. It's usually worse than the gear that you get in the verse, or it's, like, maybe, like, a, a, a unique skin. But... You know, I don't get to choose the skin. It's just whatever CIG gives me. So it's like, great, I get a puke brown sh- uh, shirt. Thank you, CIG. I, I enjoy right. my 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 uh, my flight suit that looks like I just vomited on it because I, I drank one too many at the at the bar last night. Thank you so much, CIG. That's that's. I feel I feel it comfortable. Also, you know? <laughs> it also alleviates the stress for everyone who's already a subscriber for losing their subscriber mm-hmm. gear. Because if we can just go find it and loot, then maybe we'll actually start wearing it more often. Because like, oh, I already got like two sets of this now that I looted. So now I'll actually just wear it and not worry about losing my subscriber armor because I can mm-hmm. just go loot it. I mean, there's some stuff I'd like that, that I really like, but that's all like event stuff. Like like the mm-hmm. the um, the jacket from the... Um, Invictus. Invictus last year, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the jackets from IAE, uh, you know, those those sorts of things I really like. I, I don't want to lose, but other than that, it's like, yeah. And that's that's more like I was at this event. That's why it's it's, it's sentimental. So right. yeah. Uh all right. Del Ener asks, CIG had a sneak peek uh for the Corsair cockpit that looked like it um it had a lot of safety mechanisms. Is the Corsair's baby's first pirate ship? It's the Maybe. Aurora. Yeah, the Aurora's baby's first pirate ship. <laughs> the Aurora ship. is the baby's first pirate ship. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't expect any of the, the Corsair's uh, seats to have ejection seats. Um, it's most likely, because I think the one that they showed, because I didn't see that, was like the back seat is, looks a little different from the front seat. The back seat, I think, is supposed to swing down underneath the first seat. So you sit in the back seat, and it'll like lower you down into a further, like into a, into like a, a bottom observation area. So you're just like right above, you're right below the pilot. So it's more like a, a like, like a cutlass than, than a, uh, um, than a caterpillar, but it like the seats look like a caterpillar and then they transform into more like a cutlass. Uh, that's, that's why I think it has all those like safety ish features that look like it at least. So. Plus um, what is safety with Drake when you really think about it? Drake's Drake safety is regeneration. 
That's that's their safety. <laughs> we gave you we gave you gun and and shield. You're fine. Hey, this is this is this is safe. You're safe. You kill them first. Yeah, get good. Uh, <laughs> I turned into water there for a moment. Um, it's like your colors has six size threes. How you know kill someone? <laughs> Uh, all right, Deliner asks. Speaking of Jumptown, with the new changes to bike and ground vehicle signatures, do you think the next Jumptown will be even more ground based? I hope. <laughs> I really. Yeah, hope. it'll be a lot more fun if it is. If there, like, was, it's already fun, but yeah. yeah, I would love it if they added in like a player controlled box that turned on an ATC thing that would just have ships fly away, like go re- like you know how in an ATC when you go in trespassing. Mm-hmm. It'll like push. It'll be like, "Hey, you can't be here," and it'll, uh, the co- the autopilot will pull you away from that. I think it'd be cool if they just added a little tiny box that you could activate it in it and just like disable air air traffic that's flying yeah. in it. So then mm-hmm. players would ha- so then at that time the ships that you have landed are safe from ships, and it would force players to actually use ground vehicles to go and turn that thing off so they can get their ships back in there. I think. I think. I. Think- I- I like that idea, but I, I think the the a better idea is just to make 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 me allow me to reload my my ballistas, because I think if if you had oh, a good yeah. group that had you know a good three to four ballistas parked at Jumptown, you know they could shut down airspace from there. Like or you just, ain't you ain't seeing have it. a like, small if the, they had a small outpost that would just had some uh, ground vehicles spawns like ten kilometers away. Mm-hmm. That would that would definitely incentivize uh, players using ground vehicles to get into jump town because they'd be like, I'm not going to go directly to jump town, but I'll go to this outpost 10, 15 kilometers away, spawn ground vehicles. We can all get re or reorg here, and then go into jump town. Yeah, or so or I having, think, th- um, as Chat said, having like the ability to turn on uh, anti air guns at the sta- mm. at this place where you can control the anti air guns. Basically, like, hey, we're friendly. These, everyone in this group is friendly. Shoot anything else, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Nice. That would be that would be a good uh, test of a permission system too. <laughs> like, don't shoot anyone in my party. Done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Tarnfolk, who asks: So the expanse one hundred percent should have been an ice or gas hauler, right? Yes. Yes, and it should have been called the Canterbury. <laughs> That's it. The Canterbury <laughs> or the Chaucer. Because, uh, you know, Remember? it's, you know, Canterbury Tales, Chaucer. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why it would Refine. work for. Go ahead. Refinery the Cant. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. You uh, comic asks, why the hate for Misk ships, Kronzi? Uh And what are Nick and Astro's thoughts on the look of the Misk Expanse? We talked about this before, um, before the recording. Yeah, uh, so you comics a person that's in my community a lot, and he knows the answer. It's because I hate him. Um, <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> yeah, the, the there's no actual hate from me for any real ship design or any real ship, uh, but there's like a I think this is ugly in a good way. I think it is like I do not want to be seen in the ship, but I'm happy it exists, and I and I think it's a cool thing. It looks fine. It looks like a prospector, which is good. It looks like a prospector mm. with some some thick, some thick um, midsections. That's, that's what it looks like. So, Nick, what do you think? I think it's ugly. 
<laughs> but uh, outside of that, it's it's also smooth and sleek and where it wants to be and should be. But at the same time, it's just uh, it's just for me, it's just a box that holds other boxes and melts up things that are in boxes into other boxes. And it looks just like that. Yeah. And <laughs> it looks like it does what it does, which is which is good. It's yeah. ugly, but it will work. It's a factory. Like it's it's hard to make factories look as very aesthetically pleasing. Del Ener asks, "What stories would you like to see told in Star Citizen universe, either in game format or movies or books?" Um, I'd like I'd like to see like players be able to experience the the verse more than than see stories. Um, if yeah. I was going to say one lore piece, I'd like to see more from the belligerent duck, the, 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 the main mm. crew from the homecoming, um, you know, short film they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kronsky, what about you? Yeah, I'm probably on the same page. Just seeing more stuff from like, give me more stories about one crew, multiple stories yeah. about one crew doing something, whatever it might be, getting them, getting themselves trapped in some, uh, some pickles. Nick, one thing I'd like to see for like the stories and stuff in Star Citizen is I'd love to see them kind of do what they did with the uh, I'd love them to do short like skits and cinematics of already existing lore posts and just have like reenactments of what has happened, like for the first time they jump drived or the first time they had that Banny interaction, just having a cinematic reenactment in lore of like this is just a cinematic reenactment and just having it visually see how it played out mm-hmm. you know with a, an artistic spin license on it through whichever in-game you know yeah. artists artists or directors were making it i think that would be a really good way interactive way to introduce players into the lore that we're not li- living through <laughs> Yeah. We're experiencing in our time, um, I, and I think that'd be a good way to get them introduced to how this world was built, how how Robert Space Industries came about, how the Zeus came about, how Jump Drive came about, how we met all these alien races, and just seeing these in cinematics versus just a little lore post would be, I think, just a short thing that they could do for like a TikTok length, and then just have us be hooked. And I think yeah. that'd just be really immersion immersion. Lots of immersion. <laughs> Lots of immersion. I think it would be a great way of, 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 because, you know, people are a lot more engaged with audio and video content than they would be with, with just stories. So, yeah, I think that would be a good way of getting people to like, oh, this is how the universe always came about. But mm. uh, All right. We've got uh, six more questions left. Uh, I'll ask the last question first because this is, this is a good one. I don't, I'd rather not end on this one, uh, which is any mentions of theaters of war? And the answer is No. Last we heard, Fire Sprite was still working on it. That's about mm-hmm. it, though. So check the roadmap. Yeah, that's that. That's a Jake Acapella answer right there. Look at the roadmap. Look at the roadmap. <laughs> look at the progress tracker. Look, look at the progress tracker. Yeah, that that one. Look at you'll you'll see it on there. It's it's on there. No one questions. Um. Uh, yeah. No one questions. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Ionic asks, what kind of emergent gameplay slash shenanigans can you foresee coming out of salvage gameplay loop? 
Well, I'm going to give the honest answer, which is time to penis is going to go down to negative two. Like <laughs> everyone's drawing penises on their ships. That's just what's going to happen. I already plan to do that everywhere. Like I'm, I'm just going to go on someone's ship and just draw a dick somewhere and be like, you got to find my. <laughs> <laughs> where's Wally? The Star Citizen version. <laughs> but where's Willie? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's really small. You got to find it. <laughs> Um, I expect we're going to see uh, a lot of pirates adopt some salvage. Um, if if it's possible to salvage ships that aren't uh, wrecked, which I think it might be, um, I actually expect sort of like a a uh, very nefarious countdown for uh, extortion. Yeah. So you've got five minutes to give me a hundred grand. Every minute it goes past, I'm going to take a wing. I'm going to take an engine. Like I'm just yeah. going to start salvaging your ship. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Nick? Oh, people going AFK and like stripping it away. Oh, so you think you think people are just gonna start stripping <laughs> ships when they're AFK? <laughs> oh, once a friend goes away to go get food or something, you're just gonna yeah. start stripping their shit. They're gonna come back and be oh. like, "What did you do to my ship?" It's gonna be the equivalent <laughs> of drawing on someone's face when they're passed out. Like, <laughs> there's there was a scene in Lord of War when he lands that plane and then he just like take it, take it all, and then like within like two hours, like the they've like stripped down the plane to its like bulkheads and just ripped everything uh, uh, off of it. That's what I'm thinking about. That is like someone someone just sponsorships like oh, I'm gonna use the restroom right now. Everyone's just like quick, quick, let's see if we can strip the whole ship before he gets back. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Uh, next question comes from uh, K R O V V Workshop who asks, do we know if we will be able to own a refinery in the future, in space or in a station or on our own plot of planets? Or is uh, or owning this ship will be the only way to refine without costs? And if they have more alternative plans for refinery in the future, do you think they will hide them, um, hide them from us because of, it could impact the sales of the Expanse? No. Um, there is actually another ship that has a refinery on it. It's the Orion. Uh, which is this huge mining ship, which comes with its own refinery. Um, There's also the implication that we're going to be getting some larger refinery ships, just with some of the language that they use uh, about the um, expanse. Um, But also, yeah, we touched on this before. Like we, we expect, yeah, outposts will likely get some refineries. Um, I, I fully expect at some point we'll be able to either build our own or control at the very least a, uh, a station refinery of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there will ever be zero costs uh, yeah. for the most part. There's going to be some sort of cost, whether it's refueling, whether it's uh, material costs for the actual refining process itself or yeah, power costs. P- people don't even know, realize that there's, there's actually power is going to start costing something now on your ships. It'll cost yeah, a little a, bit of fuel or, or other, some sort of resource. So yeah. there's also the Odyssey, which has a refinery just for quantum fuel and its right. own fuel. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and of course, the uh, Starfarer can refine fuel. Yeah, as well. Starfarer can refine fuel. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cozy asks, or Cozy Zero Three asks, do you think some focus on group play tech would help us make our own fun while we wait for the for the actual game? Uh, yeah, they have pretty good. Like, I hate to be old man yelling at clouds, but back in my day, it was a lot worse to be part of a, of a party. It's it's a lot better than it has been in the past. Um, and I think as the um, 
foundational elements of things like server meshing and persistence are coming in. A lot of that S those, the current group play stuff will stabilize. It won't be as janky as it is now. Um, but yeah. What do y'all think? I, I think it's likely to be one of the, like, like an upgrade to the party system uh, and sort of comms as like a, a secondary. It's probably one of the last things that's going to be brought onto building blocks in terms of Moby Glass. So mm-hmm. um, expect it, but it, it's going to be some time, I think. Yeah. I would love to see um, it expand out to the point where you can have those layered comms of, you know, the platoon leader can talk to the squad leaders, but the squad leader can't talk to the headquarters directly. And there's got to be a lot of this communication. And I would just love to see it so that, like, you know, the squad squad members can only talk to their their head and the other head. I would love to see those layered permission VoIP systems in in orgs. And I think that would be one thing that would make the VoIP in game a lot better and a lot more usable and being able to manage that in a party as well so that you can know that like you know if people in this ship don't need to be talking to the other people in the other ship because they don't need to be so just go in the other channels or you know just just mark that once you're in this ship you're only talking to the people in this ship and only the captain of this ship can talk to talk to the captain of the other ship or whoever's the communicator communicator station yeah it's actually something i was going to bring up as you mentioned that is that uh uh ship roles because i think like in the future, being able to have the captain talk to the heads of engineering or weapons or whoever uh, is, is more vi- uh, valuable because of playing games like um, uh, Pulsar, the, last, the Lost Colony, and uh, like the Star Trek bridge crew. Like, comms is so important. Like, you cannot, I cannot overestimate, I cannot underestimate, whatever. I, I have to very much put emphasis on the fact that a good captain is the difference between life and death a lot in these types of games because a captain is the person who's going to make the decisions because if people start doing stuff on their own without the input from the captain, then stuff just goes bad quickly because everyone needs to be working in concert with one another. Um, Similar with like Nilsim groups, like if a platoon just goes off and starts attacking something, they can easily get in a situation where they're getting cross-fired on themselves, like, like, you know, a friendly fire situation. So they have to be working together in a very close-knit way, otherwise things would just go crazy. And I, I think comms are, are a valuable thing for that. I don't know if we'll see it soon, though. I doubt, I doubt we're going to see a huge amount of org stuff or anything like that, that kind of thing done this year. I think that's more of a next-year focus uh, once mm. they start getting star, Squadron more in a... Uh, the, the, the pieces that need to be built for Squadron being built uh, so they can just start you know, taking those tools and turning them into gameplay for that, for that game. And then those teams returning back to Star Citizen as a focus. So, uh, all right. Uh, last two questions. This one's from uh, Treesan, who asks, "How do you feel role playing and finding your own fun will change as the game continues uh, to add more serious consequences for death and destruction of ships, as well as more structured gameplay loops and pre-made experiences?" So there's a lot of words. Yeah. I was just like, how, <laughs> yeah. how, how do you, yeah, how do you feel role-playing and finding your own fun will change as the game become, continues to add more serious consequences for death slash destruction of ships, as well as more structured gameplay loops and pre-made experiences. So like, um, how will finding your own fun change as like death for spaceman comes in where like you're, when you die, you die or it hurts you more often. Um, then, 
you role play that death. Like, yeah. hey, I'm no longer this character because that character died off. So mm-hmm. you can role play that. You can, like role play is just improv. You go off of what's happening, and you know a general rule of improv is you can't say no. No, you gotta you gotta roll with it. You gotta roll with it. So if you're in, if you're kind of doing improv role play, anything that they add new that's just like a left or white swipe, you just gotta go with it and just try to have fun with it. And I think if the, as soon as you start being like, no, I'm not going to do something or I'm going to go against this, you're, you're not going to enjoy role playing at that point. And you should probably take a break <laughs> of yeah. role playing if you're getting frustrated to the point where I don't want to be doing this or I don't want to be a part of this because this game system just killed me and mm-hmm. I got to start a whole new character. I was so involved with that character. How dare it? Um, I think you just really got to learn to roll with it and you got to roll with all the punches all of them you got to roll with them or else you're going to have a not fun time trying to role play i I think the other thing is is like things like org v org like practice games or like where people are fighting each other is also another thing i think to to remember about those things as well is that in the future death is going to be a lot harder to come by because we have things like permadeath they've even said they want to make it a lot harder for you to die and more easy for you to get downed so if you're in a situation where you're fighting somebody as like org v org fun battle or like practice sort of fight with each other, um, you just you have a rule. You just don't shoot down players, you know, <laughs> and yep, oh. just don't, don't don't make them regenerate. Have Let them get up. Let like medics mm. come through and clear or yeah. like, you know, wait until the event is over and get your people back up. Unless yeah. they time out, then maybe just like say, don't shoot medics and let medics res or drag people out. Because that's the one thing. Um, the Nilsson Morg I do is we'll actually like fully role play. Like once we get um, downed, even though we were backed up, we're still hurt. We're still injured. Mm-hmm. We're just brought back up with the medic gun. We got to go to the uh, evac evac ship and get back, go back to the base. And then we can be like, okay, you're back at base. You got medical, like, you know, we, we fully patched you back up. Now you can go back out. You're ready to redeploy. Just like role playing stuff like that makes it, a lot more kind of fair as well for the PvP side if they're doing the same thing, but also a lot more engaging in role play. So, yeah, new new mechanics and like even more of these serious mechanics are never going to be detrimental to any of these large scale org events or RP. It's just going to add it's going to add more depth to it. People are going to be running medical teams. People are going to be refueling. People are going to yeah they get they're going to set up rules for their engagements all that sort of stuff. So yeah yeah yeah. Um, they'll, they'll have to be a lot more pre- prepared for, for some of these, mm. these sorts of things. But I think that as we move forward, a lot of that stuff is going to move away. Like we're no longer going to have uh, org v org fun battles. We're going to have actual conquest fights over a location. And that, then people mm-hmm. won't have to do those practice battles. Or if they do those practice battles, they'll do them in places like theaters of war or other tools that they'll be available by then for them to, to have less consequences. So um, also, these org v org fun battles are secreting a lot of alliances among orgs right now. Mm-hmm. They are taking the game very seriously to the point where, the you know, say, you know, say the say the PV play P players, they might think they're really good, but they're not practicing on the level org v orgs are. Yeah, and mm-hmm. as soon as you have two or three of these orgs who are training like every week still. And they're now grouping up to protect a system. Well, the people who are just streaming PvP, what are they going to do against that org? They're not or- as organized and as well prepared 
as Milsim orgs are right now, even though we're just role playing and having fun. It's just yeah, comes... the the practice and repetition and training is just like uh, as silly as it is. It is like getting all these orgs ready to for when the game goes live and we're fighting over something, then we're ready for that. Other people won't be. They'll be like, "Oh, it's live. How are we gonna? We we need to set up an org now. We need. I need people here now. Help me!" And there won't be communication ready. They won't know what they're going to be communicating, and it'll be a wreck without practice. So yeah, it'll be we've 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 seen that recently with the uh, the fight or flight that uh, Mo Esports recently ran. Um, a lot of the best performing PvP players in that were not, uh, you know, those people that are just you know hanging out solo streaming pvp or whatnot they were these hardcore organized we're doing a milsim operation every week uh groups so mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think i think the main changes we'll see is is a lot of this stuff is going to turn into um factors that will dovetail in right now we're doing a lot of stuff because it's interesting and it's something to do that we haven't done a thousand times already but in the future a lot of this stuff is going to be part of the tools that CIG gives us um, to explore the universe. It just won't be tied into mission systems or reputation, you know, finding a cool spot, like finding a location that is like an archeological site of a, a former a habitation that was abandoned 300 years ago in, and looking through that and finding artifacts has probably will never have, may never have a, a mission associated with it. But then you found that artifact and you can take it back and sell it. And suddenly, Hey, it's interesting thing to do. And so your friends can go through that area and pull up little pieces of rubble that might have some sort of significance that might feed into other things as well. So I think the future is more CIG gives us the tools to play in the sandbox rather than us playing with our hands in the sandbox and trying to make things work. Um, well, like, like, like maybe they could just add in like a, a rubble of like a, a pile of rubble blocking a caveway, but it just looks like a pile of rubble and you don't think about it. Until you bring out your tractor beam and you start moving rocks and be like, wait, there's something behind here. Yeah. Just like, like Pico Balls. A great example of that. You know, more stuff like Pico Balls, but it's just things you can find, like the, the Hadesian artifact, like they showed in the, um, the uh, last Citizen Con. So. All right. Last question, which is from Wallon2503, who asks, do you think we will maybe have sabotage missions? The Kovalex uh, or similar will give us to sabotage competition, like like industrial sabotage. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Like we kind of, I feel like we kind of have things like that already. It's just between, you know, military groups. So mm-hmm. why would we not have the same thing for, yeah, between yeah, the, delivery missions the, and stuff? The comma rays and the comma ray missions, those are all sabotage and non-sabotage missions of the back and forth of like, we want you to shut down this comrade, go sabotage it. And then, you know, hey, this comrade is down, go fix it because it was mm-hmm. sabotaged. That's that's already happening with the comrades, but I, I could definitely see it happening with every single like org that gives you reputation that has um, a rival org or anything. Mm-hmm. I could see missions counteracting the others of like, try to get this one here. If they're already there, kill them. Yeah. Or like, I mean, the- you know, do what you can to like, to do what you can to drop their cargo without killing them, you know, mm. or, uh, there's, there was a, uh, monthly report, um, discussion about for animation and for AI, which talks about that they've started to work with AI 
where AI guards will report dead bodies. And they've talked about in the past of the idea of you being able to use hacking to break into areas of landing zones you're not supposed to go into. Um, and where guards might find you and say, you know, move along. Like those sorts of interactions where a guard will actually interact with you if you're in a restricted area and tell you to get out or, or arrest you or whatever. Uh, and so I think those are sort of indications that CIG definitely wants us to do infiltrate and sabotage or like find information, like missions or, or little aspects for it, for sure. Um, I love stealth to be in the game. Stealth yeah. and just... Mm. <clears throat> Uh, all right, that's the last question. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you um, to Kronzi and Nick for taking questions with us. If you like this and you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on the podcast, uh, come join us live uh, at twitch.tv slash theastropub at 3 p.m. Uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, tell us in the comments below if your own questions, your own thoughts on what we talked about. I'd love to hear what you what you have to say. Uh, and as always, like the video, subscribe, and remember. Ex- oh wait, that's the wrong the wrong intro. <laughs> hope to see you. Su- <laughs> hope to see you someday in the black. <laughs>